Day three. The conclusion of the Decameron. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio, translated by A. J. Brick. Day the third. The conclusion. A thousand times or more had Dionneo's story brought the laugh to the lips of the honorable ladies, so quaint and curiously entertaining found they the fashion of it. And now at its close the queen, seeing the term of her sovereignty come, took the laurel wreath from her head, and with main most debonair set it on the brow of Philostrato, saying, We shall soon see whether the wolf will know better how to guide the sheep than the sheep have yet succeeded in guiding the wolves. Whereat Philostrato said with a laugh, Had I been hearkened to, the wolves would have taught the sheep to put the devil in hell, even as Rustico taught Alibech. Wherefore, call us not wolves, seeing that you have not shown yourself sheep. However, as best I may be able, I will govern the kingdom committed to my charge." Whereupon Nephila took him up. Hark ye, Philostrato, she said, while you thought to teach us, you might have learned a lesson from us, as did Masetto da Lamporeccio from the nuns, and have recovered your speech when the bones had learned to whistle without a master. Philostrato, perceiving that there was a skith for each of his arrows, gave up jesting and addressed himself to the governance of his kingdom. He called the seneschal and held him strictly to account in every particular. He then judiciously ordered all matters as he deemed would be best, and most to the satisfaction of the company, while his sovereignty should last. And having so done, he turned to the ladies and said, Loving ladies, as my ill luck would have it, since I have had wit to tell good from evil, the charms of one or other of you have kept me ever a slave to love and for all I showed myself humble and obedient and conformable, so far as I knew how, to all his ways. My fate has been still the same, to be discarded for another, and go ever from bad to worse, and so I suppose it will be with me to the hour of my death. Wherefore I am minded that to-morrow our discourse be of no other topic than that which is most German to my condition, to wit, of those whose loves had a disastrous close, because mine, I expect, will in the long run be most disastrous. Nor for other cause was the name, by which you address me, given me by one that well knew its signification. Which said he arose, and dismissed them all until supper-time. So fair and delightsome was the garden, that none saw fit to quit it, and seek diversion elsewhere, rather for the sun now shone with a temper radiance that caused no discomfort. Some of the ladies gave chase to the kids and conies, and other creatures that haunted it, and scampering to and fro among them, as they said, had caused them a hundred times or so some slight embarrassment. Dioneo and Fiametta fell a singing of Messer Guglielmo and the Lady of Vergio. Philomena and Pamphilo sat them down to a game of chess, and as thus they pursued each their several diversions, time sped so swiftly 
that the supper hour stole upon them almost unawares, whereupon they ranged the tables round the beautiful fountain, and supped with all glad and festal cheer. When the tables were removed, Philostrato, being minded to follow in the footsteps of his fair predecessors in sway, bade Loretta lead a dance and sing a song. She answered, My lord, songs of others know I none, nor does my memory furnish me with any of mine, own that seems meet for so gay a company. But if you will be content with what I have, gladly will I give you thereof. Not of thine, returned the king, could be other than goodly and delectable. Wherefore give us even what thou hast. So encouraged Loretta, with dulcet voice, but manner somewhat languishing, raised the ensuing strain, to which the other ladies responded. What dame disconsolate may so lament as I, that vainly sigh to love still dedicate? He that the heaven and every orb doth move, formed me for his delight, fair, debonair, and gracious, apt for love, that here on earth each soaring spirit might have foretaste how above that beauty shows that standeth in his sight. Ah, but dull wit and slight, for that it judgeth ill, liketh me not, nay doth me vilely rate. There was who loved me, and my maiden grace did fondly clip and strain, as in his arms so in his soul's embrace, and from mine eyes love's fire did drink amain, and time that glides apace in naught but courting me to spend was fain, whom courteous I did deign even as my peer to entreat, but am of him bereft. Ah, dolorous fate! Came to me next a gallant swollen with pride, brave in his own conceit, and no less noble eke, whom woe betide that he me took, and holds in all unmeet suspicion jealous-eyed. And I, who wot that me the world should greet as the predestined suite of many men, well-nigh despair to be to one thus subjugate. Ah, woe is me! Cursed be the luckless day when a new gown to wear, I said the fatal I. For blithe and gay in that plain gown I lived, no whit less fair, while in this rich array a sad and far less honoured life I bear. Would I had died, or e'er sounded those notes of joy, ah, dolorous cheer, my woe to celebrate. So list my supplication, lover dear, of whom such joyance I as ne'er another had, thou that in clear light of the Maker's presence art, deny not pity to thy fear, who thee may ne'er forget, but let one sigh breathe tidings that on high thou burnest still for me, and sue of God that he me there translate. So ended Lauretta her song, to which all hearkened attentively, though not all interpreted it alike. Some were inclined to give it a moral, after the Milanese fashion, to wit, that a good porker was better than pretty quen. Others construed it in a higher, better and truer sense, which tis not to the present purpose to unfold. 
Some more songs followed by command of the king, who caused torches not a few to be lighted and ranged about the flowery mead, and so the night was prolonged until the last star that had risen had begun to set. Then, bethinking him that it was time for slumber, the king bade all good night and dismissed them to their several chambers. End of day three, the conclusion.